So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
Welcome to the 334th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that's just gonna blare out hello at you every fucking week consecutively from here on out or until his vocal cords finally give up, which is the conjecture of my co-host, Matt! Ugh, uh, sorry, just had to rush over. I forgot to grab the less noisy chair, so. <laughs> Today oh, so is like, not Matt's day, folks. It is really not. You were right in the middle of your hello, and I moved, and, and my chair squeaked, and I realized, oh, hey, wait, I'm in my old office chair, which is terribly comfy, but terribly noisy at the same time. So I had to grab the other chair right as you were completing your hello. <laughs> well, that chair that I have in the recording uh, studio that's like my old, old office chair that is now completely uncomfortable, but at one time was, but was super squeaky. The reason yeah. it's coated in hot glue was to try and stop the squeaky, creaky stuff. <laughs> I was like hot gluing stuff to it to reinforce that's, it and things. That's, that's kind of going to be my next purchase is to get a new chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to get one for the studio too, my man. Um, I, you know, I the chair, all the padding is gone, and I have no padding on my ass anymore. It's all gone yeah, thanks to my keto no, diet. So yeah, you're you're done with that, man. You need to <laughs> you need to get some cushions in there. You need some cushion for that pushing. Yeah. I'm either gonna have to get like some silicone butt implants. <laughs> yeah, something. You have the Kim Kardashian, all this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm either gonna have to get that, or I'm just gonna have to heavily invest in stadium cushions and just take them everywhere yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah oh jesus uh, christ brother. yeah so last week we had a gas leak in the house uh or not in yeah. the house but on the outside of the house and we kind of talked about it in the outtakes and then you know nobody kind of brought it up or anything like that and this week i had a pretty uneventful monday although i had a yeah. bunch of chores and shit i had to get done and it turns out that matt you're busy as fuck and like yeah. shit's like coming at you from all directions this week so you're the one that's flustered and you're the one that has to do the notes uh, yeah that's um that's a fact yeah i'm uh i'm all sorts of discombobulated right now on a movie that was all no no clip nothing so yeah it's it's gonna be a banner show everyone uh you know what this is it's almost like a mega episode in Family Guy. You can go ahead and skip it if you want. You can move on to next week's. I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh <laughs> I disagree completely, 100%. Uh, just because you think you're not on, that doesn't mean that the folks out there are not going to enjoy watching you fail miserably. That is true. And you could be on. So, I mean, I guess in a way, you pay attention. But at the same time, uh, if you're enjoying this and me floundering, you know what? Go fuck yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, if you're laughing at Matt for his inability to function as an adult, you're kind of punching down. Yeah, exactly. Punch up, people. You know what? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm an easy target. <laughs> but I will say, everyone out there, officially, since I run Barter Town, if you're going to punch down on anyone, make it Matt Psyop. It really should. I mean, I kind of earned it, all right? I'm a middle-aged white guy. Uh, there's... <laughs> I mean, if you're going to punch down, go ahead. <laughs> I get it. Nothing you say is any worse than anything I think already. <laughs> also, who can really punch up at you? I mean, there are probably people who could punch up at me. Well, maybe not many. Uh <laughs> See, if you answer that, that's a loaded question, because if you answer that, then you automatically become elitist against whoever you answer that against. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> Republicans, they could probably punch up. So you're saying yeah. that you're better than Republicans, and therefore they can yes. punch up at you? Yeah. So you've earned, you've earned every liberal snowflake joke they've chucked your way? I uh, Pretty much. I probably have, actually. That's actually a pretty 
that's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if your if your source of never ending hilarity is to make fun of me for my compassion for my fellow man and wanting everyone yeah, to be guess, clothed and you know taken care yeah, of and given fed food, and yeah, not dying of a very treatable fucking disease, <laughs> right? Like where a where a fucking booster shot will pretty much make sure that you know if you catch it, which you will catch it, you're just not going to be as sick, you know? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that I want people to live happy lives you're right i'm i'm a real fucking cuck <laughs> i mean i prefer to think that i'm a pragmatist because i don't want these things for people necessarily because i so much care about all of them it's just that I, this way i don't have to worry about them this way you don't have to hear about it either you know the less you hear about other people's affairs the better off you are i want everyone to take care of everyone else so that i don't have to worry about whether or not they're being taken care of it's very selfish for me to be it's that very way. selfish for you yeah, see, I have actual empathy for people, which is fucking stupid, but apparently that's just the way I was built, and I don't really like it all that much. Unlike a typical Republican who, you know, they don't think anything is actually bad until it actually happens to them. See, they can't even get to the point of thinking, ooh, that would suck if it happens to me. It has to wait till it happens to them. Yeah, I mean, I lack compunction. I truly do. But I also yeah. have a, a very serious understanding to know that, you know, it sucks to be hurt by somebody. So therefore, I don't hurt someone else. I mean, I very yeah. easily could be a fucking monster, but I chose not to be. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it would be an easy choice but i mean what the fuck do i know right yeah and i know the audience at home right now is thinking what the fuck are you even fuck, talking about what does this even have to two, do with the fucking giallo you two blow each other anymore to get out with the fucking show <laughs> but this subject matter and this type of dialogue is actually what is present in this giallo for our first giallo january episode which is crazy desires of a murderer there's also yeah. a smattering of tits a bunch of sleazy sex everything you want in a giallo this ticks all of those fucking boxes it's in italian because i don't think it ever got a stateside release legally speaking anyway until yeah, now so. with this forgotten jolly box set uh it's really hard to find any info on it there's no fucking trailers in english anywhere which is why i'm thinking it never got released anywhere at least when they would have an english trailer i couldn't find any trailer for it i mean it is definitely trashy <laughs> but like in a good way, like artsy yeah. trashy, like don't, don't get me wrong. It's very sleazy, but like it does it with taste. It's yeah, erotic. Yeah. It's not fucking filth. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you feel good. <laughs> About some of it. Some of the stuff you definitely don't. But this crazy desires of a murderer took me completely by surprise. As I said, I bought a bunch of box sets that said Forgotten Jally because I know that's a thing that Matt's into. And I decided to mm -hmm. create Jallo January as a reward for you for something Yay! you did that I can't even fucking remember. I I, 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 I probably did good for like a May Mate once or some shit like that. <laughs> no one does good for Mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's also true <laughs> two things can be true <laughs> that is also true <laughs> that is also true <laughs> anyway just to kind of circle back here to the crazy desires of a murderer because my god we are both fucking just all over the place Wait, about i everything. mean we really are this is gonna be a fucking mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of cutting in this, I can promise yeah. you. Uh, but to circle back to the actual film, this giallo is 100% definitely a giallo. I can honestly yeah. say I would have never heard of it or even knew about it unless somebody was bringing it up in some kind of film scholarly discussion because it got brought to me because of this box set, the Forgotten Giallo, the Forgotten Giallo's box sets, which I bought the first three of them that we're going to be doing all three of those on the show for everybody. Not sure about mm -hmm. four 
floor yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got these all on sale, like, you know, one of those half-off kind of things that they were doing at the time, and I got them, I got them for a steal, comparatively. Well, the boutique, oh, labels, the boutique labels is never half-off, but it's a discount. But I got these really reasonably priced, and that's why I kind of decided to do all of this. And uh, so far, knock on wood, right, Giello January is starting to stack up to look like it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, this is, uh, so far, things are really panning out. I mean, this is... This is a pretty good Jello flick. Really is. Okay. It's got, like you just said, it's got a little bit of everything. It reminded me very heavily of the Weekend Murders. Like it feels like this may have been what the Weekend Murders may have been influenced by. True. <laughs> that Brit film that we watched. That I was like, this yeah. is a fucking Jello, dude. <laughs> yeah, it really. Yeah, it was. And this might be it. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough beating around the bush. Let's stop teasing everybody about it. Let's get to the fucking review. All right. So this week for the Pirate Radio edit, you're gonna get the theme. The theme is befitting of. Up first is. Is the Bouncing Souls, and you'll know the title of the song when we come back after, because I don't want to spoil, and here is that Patreon ad. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts for just two bucks a month you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to patreon and for five dollars you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie all of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts we appreciate it and thank you for listening now back to the cutting room Bouncing Souls with I Like Your Eyes, and anyone who has seen this film, Crazy Desires of a Murderer, will be outraged at the fact that the theme this week is eyes for the songs as much as possible. I'm I'm pretty pissed about it. (laughs) Ask me anything. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm pretty pissed off about it. AMA. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, uh, just want to state for the record, the opening line of I like your eyes is I love your eyes so much I want to gouge them out. Well, that's nice for them. <laughs> um, and it fits with the movie, so let's do the review, because there's no trailer. Yeah, all right. The crazy desires of a murder. Uh, the first 20, we see an old guy, he's checking out this red statue. He's just looking at all his artifacts he has. Then we see this bloodied hand figure. A daughter, she calls that old man who's her dad and he wants her home now. He's very worried about her and she's like, oh dad, you're being weird. Then we see the bloody hand comes into the room and the dad kind of gasps and then the daughter loses connection. She 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 can't get a hold of him. Um, And we get our opening credits. Very, very 70s opening credits. Or 60s, I should say. Is this 60s? This is definitely the 60s, right? Uh, 1977, oh. I think? I had it looked up. Hang on, give me a sec. So I'm very wrong. It, they dress much like the 60s. 1977, uh, yeah. So you got to remember this is Italian fashion yeah. in 1977. Gotcha. Then we see uh, this uh, one guy. He's... Uh, Calling some people from payphone, says he's got 20 pieces, uh, and he'll make sure it gets delivered to them. Uh, they're like, okay. He hangs up the phone as he's walking away. He gets taken by gunpoint by another dude. Uh, he gets driven over, and these two men tell him that he has 48 hours to get him their stuff or money. So this cat is in some danger. Uh, by his own doing, obviously. Yeah, all by his own doing. I'm not saying feel bad for him. He's a piece of shit, but he, uh, he's, he just, he's in some shit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then we see the daughter comes home to the dad's manor, huge mansion type thing. Um, the daughter talks to the caretaker, and um, then we see a doctor there, and they're like, yeah, we had to give your dad an injection. He kind of, he had some sort of a spook or something that didn't go well for him. Uh, and, but you find out the dad's okay, so it raises questions already. You know, you saw this thing happening. You thought maybe, is the dad dead? But he's not, so you're kind of interested. So she sees her dad, and they, you know, say hi to one another, and he's just worried about her. So dad's perfectly all right right um he seems like he's an excitable dude yeah yeah that's that's one way of putting it he seems excitable <laughs> um so uh anyway she introduces her friends one i uh named him steve he seems to be the biggest nerd of the group uh i named him steve i give a lot of people just different names because i just don't really give a shit anymore um <laughs> So anyway, uh, I gave him all the weird names. This guy's Steve. He's got glasses. Uh, he actually uh, knows her father. He knows the family. And he's been a friend forever. And you can tell dad has a bit of a memory problem. He's like, oh, yeah, how's your dad? And he goes, uh, my dad's been dead for 10 years. So there you go. And then she introduces her other friends. And once you know it, um, I nicknamed him the guy who's in trouble. I nicknamed him Playboy. Uh, he's there. He's amongst the group. So uh, there you go. Uh, good for good for you. So now you kind of he like, hinted. Oh. Yeah, he has hinted at that uh, he has a shipment coming in, and that yeah. someone is helping him out. And it had something to do with what he was doing over the weekend, so he would get it to them Monday. And so yeah. seeing him show up here means that whatever nefarious shit he is supposed to be getting to these guys that are pretty much drug dealers, uh, yeah. he's getting it here this and weekend. It has somehow. to be either that. It could be either drugs or money. They'll take either one. That's kind of another thing we're yeah, I'm seeing something here. of equal so he value. owes them yeah. something yeah he owes them something that's kind of that's the most important thing i'm getting <laughs> out of all of this is that he he owes somebody something and this is his way of having to pay that shit off 
Um, so anyway, um, they all kind of talk more. Uh, she introduces all her friends, all this kind of stuff, and oh yeah, 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 blah blah blah. Um, and then uh, they like are going through all these uh, Chinese uh, vases and stuff that they brought back, and uh, one of the guys, a blonde-headed character, uh, he takes a pack of drugs out of the vase, and uh, Playboy, he's kind of looking at himself uh, through uh, a bunch of collections and stuff. And, um, uh, so, uh, he's like looking at a bunch of vase collections and all of a sudden we see these crazy eyes and he's kind of looking at that and he's like, what the fuck is this? But then they disappear and he's like, oh, okay, uh, thanks, I guess. I don't, <laughs> you know, I, he takes that a lot better than I would. How about that? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, cause if I saw crazy eyes, they'd be like, well, that's fucking disconcerting in the best of times. We cut to that hands came out behind Berta. He's like getting fresh with her. And she's like, you know, I already gave you my life savings. And he's like, I'll get you all that back. And she, then she was like, but I'm not, you're not my man. I'm not, you know, you, you know, I let you have me once and that's it. So you're just like, okay. Um, that seems to be a weird little thing with them. Uh, well, you know, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better word. Uh, anyway, he leaves. Then we cut to Playboy and the blonde dude. They have the drugs. Um, they're kind of talking, and uh, Playboy's like, "Hey, you know, uh, did you know? Looks like someone had. It looks like this bag's open." And the guy's like, "Hey, I had to have a taste." And Playboy's like, "You fucking shithead." And he goes, I'm going to pay you by check. And the guy's like, by check? So, I mean, they're really leaving a paper trail here. They're literally paying by check. That's just, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is all kinds of fucking stupid, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, um, you're paying by a check. What are you doing, man? What are we What do we got going on around here? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not cool at all. Yeah. Anyway, he goes, listen, the check's good. It, he goes, it's going to be good. Trust me. Uh, you just got to give it till Tuesday. Uh, it sounds like Playboy's writing a lot of checks, I think, in his life. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's writing a lot of checks with his mouth that his ass cannot cash. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, then, uh, he's going to head, uh, out of town. He's going to head into town. Uh, Playboy is. So he goes, you know, the other guy says, cool. Hey, grab me some cigarettes while you're out. He's like, yeah, you bet. And, um, then, uh, uh the Playboy hides the drugs in like a little side hallway table, which I thought that was weird. You don't live in this house. How do you know that that guy, like, that, like, that's not used a lot? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't understand that either, like, why he was stashing it in there, other yeah, than... you don't know this house. Yeah, I, I was mean, assuming that was his room, but you're right, it felt more like a fucking hallway. I thought he was just stashing it, like, in a drawer in his room, so for plausible deniability, you yeah, know, because that I, was the room he was staying in, or near the room he was staying in. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, and I get why you're stashing it, but then stash it in your room, because if you don't, you're fucked. I mean, because, again, if maybe if he knew this house like oh yeah i know this house yeah it's, you know i or, know no one uses this drawer or if then it was I a drawer it. that he found the key for and he decided to lock it you know yeah then i i at least somewhat get it but well, none of that is true at all yeah it <laughs> doesn't make just, any sense you were not wrong yeah yeah i just thought i was like that's just poor decision making on your part and it does turn out to bite him so congrats so then Steve decides he wants to join Playboy heading into town. As they get there, they're getting out of their car, and Playboy actually saves Steve's life when a fucking car just comes rolling past. We see it's the town doctor, 
And Steve's like, uh, Steve's telling the playboy, he goes, yeah, he's just, he's the town doctor, but he's more like the town drunk. He's just drunk all the fucking time. And you're just like, wow, that's fucking probably not good. This guy's automatically but, sus in a fucking uh, giallo as being a murderer that would be mutilating people. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, so uh, everyone just kind of, okay, uh, they get into town and Playboy makes a call talking to whoever's there. And he's like, hey, listen, like I said, Monday, everything will be good. And the people on the other line are like, yeah, you better make it by Monday or else you're you're fucking dead. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's for my own good. He's he's not treat. He's treating this rather feverishly, which probably tells you well, how he got into this situation to begin with. So that night, then the daughter Elena's having a party with her friends there. It's like, you know, a small gathering, just those friends who were there. And they're having some fun. They're drinking uh, champagne, all that. And Elena is going to go grab some more champagne. Playboy wants to go with her, but she does not trust his hands, apparently. Uh, which is, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, this dude gets handsy like a motherfucker. So uh, she takes one of her other female friends. They go down to the cellar. Uh, they're grabbing some champagne. And one of her friends like sees this door right standing next to. And by the way, this cellar looks like, like it goes a long way. Almost like a large dungeon. It's down here, right? This is pretty much a castle they're in. It turns into like catacombs and then it becomes like this yeah. underground tunnel and then it dumps out into the town where it's like an escape passage from the castle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, As the friend looks through the door, all of a sudden the bloody hand comes shooting through and we see it's a it's a young boy uh or prepubescent boy, I guess. Maybe not even prepubescent, but it's, you know, still it's not a full adult. How about that? And uh, everyone's kind of, and she screams and she runs. And this is where we get to the good rum, rummaging through the catacombs. And it is really fun and it is pretty amazing. Yeah, it gets super fucking creepy. And like the more you think they're going and running through this, the less likely you think they're ever going to come back out, out from above ground again, <laughs> yeah. like to above ground again. Like it gets really far down in there and you're like, what the fuck? Where, are you like roaming into the bowels of the earth? Where the fuck does yeah. this go? Where, where are we right now? Yeah, it, um, it's really disorienting and they do a really good job of making you feel uncomfortable and queasy while they're doing it. And you do feel feel the yeah the, the claustrophobia of the catacombs while they're in there i mean it's really well shot the sequence of them running and uh the camera work is actually really incredible and it actually enhances that feeling yeah i agree uh totally it's a it's a great scene yeah this is what the artsy um, part that i was talking about because it yeah. really takes its time in these tunnels running around and like i I'm, I'm here all day for that it was gorgeous yeah it was great uh it's uh pretty outstanding uh uh, visualization, much like Court was saying. All right, uh, so anyway, her friend chases after her, and finally, the lady runs into the, like, butler of the house. His name's Hans. Elena catches up, and she's like, hey, were you watching my brother? And he's like, no, uh, you know, sorry, I was closing the gate. And she's like, you better keep watching him. And so you're like, ah, oh, all right, well, fuck you, Hans. You're not doing your fucking job. Uh, and that's actually the end of the first 20 minutes. So you... you Pack a lot into that. There is a lot of shit that's going on, and you yeah. really do get very creeped out very quickly. The film does a great job of setting up that not only is this place super isolated, it also has who knows how many points of access to where these people are staying that uh -huh. you know are long since forgotten that maybe a handful of people know about. Uh, yeah. It's a really good setting, and you're really getting that Weekend Murders vibe, even though, like I said, Weekend Murders may have been way after this. Who knows? But 
Um, yeah. Like I was getting the vibe of that because it's a film that I saw before it. So I'm like, man, this feels a lot like that where I could tell that they're setting up something really nasty. And I knew fuck all about this movie going into it other than it was in that forgotten Jolly box set. So I had a certain amount of expectations of, you know, well, this is going to be a Jolly. You know, I had yeah. no fucking clue how they were going to set it up or what type of Jolly I was going to get, just that it could be considered a Jolly. And it definitely can be, absolutely. But this atmospheric, really creepy run through the tunnels and then like the tour of the house where we're kind of going through and seeing the different rooms with everybody. It has this very gothic, almost uh, ghost story feel to the intro to this, where you could very easily be setting up a haunted house or a possession or ghost story of some sort or something along those lines. They find a forbidden book here and, you know, open a portal to hell or some shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, and it, then the dead swarm through and start eating the world. Right, like they're laying a heavy layer of gothic intrigue at the very first 20 minutes of this film and on top of that they have this modern poliziera take of the guy that's in trouble and he's doing a drug deal that's very obviously a drug deal that's involved in this weekend so they're ratcheting stakes up because they're like this place is creepy as fuck oh by the way this guy's in deep with the wrong type of people if you catch my drift and everyone's got a little something they seem to be hiding everyone not even just because then the blonde hair guy is helping out playboy but even then, they're not like a team team. They just happen to meet and now they're working together for this moment. Because yeah, the, they even discuss about how to find other girls who will become drug mules for them. Right. Unknowing. That's, that's the guy's plan is like he basically meets these girls on a broad and they become drug mules for him. Um, yeah. Because he sneaks, he, he smuggles in the drugs with some of the shit that they're getting. And this girl's perfect because she apparently has some ties with uh, some customs and she can smuggle some stuff through, which is what she's talking about she was able to and do with the antiques and she seems beautifully too trusting because she doesn't know they have drugs oh yeah she so is she's un blissfully unaware yeah. And yeah she lives in a comfortable bubble of privilege that her wealth and good fortune have brought her very yeah. much yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this guy's taking advantage of it. And you know, that's exactly he's looking for these traveling socialite types that he can sort of woo with his uh, international man of mystery and intrigue bullshit and basically get them to mule heroin to their country of origin, you know, mm -hmm. and like he's yeah, yep. he's probably going to use her to come back to this guy in the future for this kind of thing. And he's probably got like other ladies he's trying to meet and they're trying to create a network is what they're yeah. trying to do of these like manipulated socialites. Now, if they weren't already super rich people, I I would be outraged that they were doing this, but you know, they're rich people. They didn't get that money by being polite or kind or generous to their fellow man. So or good people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. most likely like in her case, she fucking inherited anyway. So fucking use away because she's a yeah, parasite right? and a drain on society herself. God. Damn, we're roasting these motherfuckers completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jolly is definitely very minded towards that kind of commentary on society anyway. Like, you don't feel bad for her being manipulated in this way at all, you know? And it's certainly not the yeah. worst thing that's going to happen this fucking weekend. But, like, I don't feel bad for any of these people at all, which is definitely a rule of the Jolly. It's a heel program for the most part. Like, everybody <laughs> is sus as fuck, which is what you want in a murder mystery. But they're also sleazy as fuck which is what you want in a jelly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the kind of jelly you want. You want a heal program. You you want you want everyone to be sick and fucking demented and everyone can get their comeuppance if you want them to. I mean, that's what you want in a jelly usually. I mean, that's what I'm expecting, so Yeah. I think we're ready to move on. Cool. All right. Sweet. 
Um, so anyway, uh, start of the next 20 minutes, we go back, we're at the back at the party, the two other girls haven't come back yet, and Steve tells everyone, like, there's a portrait of, uh, the mother up, and Steve tells everyone how the mom died before she was ever, uh, even 30, and she says she's buried with this $150 million emerald that we see in the portrait. They say that, uh, at one point, she was attacked by a gardener. And she actually fought him off and killed him, but it scarred her son so badly and that he's in a German clinic somewhere in Beirut. And then Steve also says that the father's advanced age might have also caused this. So, you know, uh, uh, but no one lets him know that because no one wants him to feel bad. Uh, then we see Alina. She has her friend and they're walking back. She makes her promise not to say anything that they, the boy's always lived there. He's never lived in a clinic, but this is something that they keep a secret just because it is such a stress on the family and on the boy himself. Then we cut to, there's the boy and he is cutting up some animals and we see there's a lot of taxidermy. That must be his, uh. His hobby. Yeah. Um, the, the taxidermy stuff is a little weird in the film. Like, it's clearly not real, but at the same time, they're earnestly trying to make the process that a taxidermist does as authentic as possible. So it's kind of hard to take it serious because it's clearly not real, but they're also trying very hard to make it authentic. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's weird. Uh, but you know where they're trying to show you is they're trying to say, hey, the, you get a red herring here because they're trying to say, hey, you know, guy likes cutting up animals. How much longer before he cuts up humans? Right, exactly. He opens up a case and he's, we never see what's in it. And then he closes this case and it's almost like an enshrinement. Then he sneaks out of his room and walks out. Um, then we cut back to the dance party and, uh, we see the blonde guy, he drugs a, uh, glass of champagne. So that ain't cool. Yeah, that's uh, fucked. Yeah. Then we see the boy, he's outside. He lays on his mom's grave. Uh, and then we get a flashback of his mom and him walking together and they see the gardener and the gardener and the mom make some eye contact. Uh, then there's more dancing and then hands outside, grabs the boy, yells at him. Calls his sister a slut, says, you know, I already got yelled at once tonight, and calls his sister a slut. So, Hans is kind of an asshole. Um, then we see Berta, the, the housemaid, she shows up. And she takes the boy away, yells at Hans for yelling at him. She says, you know, don't hurt this boy. This is, you know, very almost, uh, well, at this point, it seems kind of motherly. But, uh, yeah, that, that don't last too much longer. But anyway... <laughs> But <laughs> at this point, it seems motherly. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, then uh, then Berta and the boy, they're kind of alone in a room. And she puts some drops in these drinks. And he drinks out of the cup. And she drinks out of the cup. Uh, and uh, then she starts to get naked. He uh, starts to get naked. And uh, they... Uh, they bone. <laughs> like hardcore, yeah. Yeah, like hardcore bonage. Uh, so... The only thing that's not hardcore about it is we don't see actual hardcore penetration, but... Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It gets pretty close to the most it, softest of core, if you know what I mean, and yeah, I think you do. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it definitely does, and they... Uh, they get down to some business. Uh, but yeah, basically what we're uh, so trying to say is thank you movie. That was quite erotic. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of sitting there and you're kind of like, all right, well, um, 
everyone's kind of got a weird agenda going on in this house uh, now, you know? It's, uh, some things are happening. Uh, um, some shit is cool, and I'm down with what's going on here. Uh, anyway, we're back at the party, and two ladies are getting pretty handsy with one another. And Thank you're you, kinda movie. Like, yeah, uh, but then you see they're playing serrates. And then Steve takes one of the other girls, the one girl who saw the 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 brother, and they go like turn off the light. They go behind the screen, and they pretty much pretended that they're bony. Um, and their charade was uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, there was some kind of a foreign film where it was some kind of a lesbian yeah. love scene. So yeah. their charades is to act out sex scenes, and then you guess the movie. How very I European, guess, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, it's, I'm, uh, it's I'm very, jealous of their open ways, is what I'm saying. We're, 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 yeah, we're, yeah. Listen, I'm, I, I was gonna make fun of it, but it's all gonna come across as fucking jealousy. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's no way to really comment on this in such a way or to pick on them other, yeah. other than fuck, man. Why didn't I think of doing that as a party trick when I was young and hot enough to pull this off? Exactly right. Yeah, because I mean. I think that'd be a pretty good time. They actually uh, imply that they are actually fucking and recreating the sex scene, though, at the same time with some of they them. They do, actually. They very much imply that, uh, uh, and I'll get into that here in a second, but yeah, that's very much implied. You are not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Which, again, I'm so jealous of their very European ways and the fact that I was raised in this puritanical fucking shit all of America. Yeah, right? Yeah, we're fucking sucks here. <laughs> I mean, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, see, why can't we get the criminals? Um, <laughs> no, it's not the criminals. It's why can't we get the people that t- that stayed behind and continued to be properly educated? Yeah, that too. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Um, buckle, buckle on your hat wearing pieces of shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so um, then... Uh, the blonde dude, he gives Alana oh, some champagne that was drugged. She takes a big swig of it, and then she's all whoopsie and loopy. So he grabs her and takes her away to a bedroom. Kind of fuck you movie. Am I right? I mean. Uh, unless this is established it, that they're already a couple, and this is just like, you know, he's putting like her to bed. How they get down. I mean, this might be how they get down, because she does not seem bothered after what happens. This could just be she, she takes drugs like this to... I don't know. I don't know what it does. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Look, we don't know the conversation or the context as to whether or no. not, like, in, in our modern eyes, seeing him just drag her off without knowing for sure what's going on and she's 100% safe. Yes. Fuck you, movie. Absolutely. But then everything after this makes it look like it's something she wanted, even the way she acts afterwards. Right. But, uh, and then also, as it's actually kind of happening, she is enthusiastically engaging, even though she is yeah. a bit bombed. So it makes it clear that she knows what's happening and wants it to happen. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what it appeared to to me, too. But I thought that was a little gross, grody. I mean, I was just kind of like, yeah, fuck it's you, st- movie. It's still like, I mean, just as a general rule of thumb, unless you are yeah. already an established couple and you definitely know that the idea is, she's gonna get fucking drunk as shit and then she wants you to have sex with her because that's the way that you have and that also, discussion and also she wants you to pill up uh, one of her drinks <laughs> yeah. I mean tell me how there's any better way to put that other than pill up right. one of her drinks okay I know of a couple that has a play where they do something similar to that where they just dose each other with shit <laughs> I mean that's what I'm saying yeah. it, it, that could be it I'm just I don't know yeah right and so like obviously like don't drug someone without their consent that's what the, the, don't yeah. do anything to anybody I mean, without their I mean, consent obviously. we shouldn't have to tell you that but 
Yeah. Dope. Uh, like the movie's being a little vague on what's going on here. So we just need to say that it's only okay if there was prior consent for all of this act. And it appears that maybe it is because of the suspicion that we have that this may be the way that this couple plays. Because there's yeah. stuff that there's some evidence of that later on that we'll talk about when we get there that says that that's how they play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. All right. So anyway, then we cut to, uh, after he takes him away, um, uh, the other blonde's getting ready for bed, uh, and St- Stevie walks in, and he's like, hey, you know, and she's a bit pissed off because he pretty much, yeah, she accuses him of actually fucking that girl during charades, and apparently they're a secret couple, and he's like, you know, I can't, we can't let anybody know, and she's like, you know what, don't worry about it, uh, my parents' money will just be mine, I don't have to buy a husband, and you're like, Oh damn. That uh that was some real shit. So Stevie fucked up by doing what he did. Um he 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 probably should have thought better. Uh because uh that uh, blonde lady is fairly attractive. Yeah. Uh, so did you did you get the two blonde ladies confused or am I just face blind for blondes because of my general dislike of blondes? I think you're they they do look similar. I I will I will say that. They look similar. But the, the, I can I can tell them apart, so I think you just have a natural hate. Okay, because I got them confused. So whenever what takes place after this happens, I yeah. I interchanged which one got murdered, and it took me a second to figure out what was going on. I gotcha. In, okay. In my defense, I was also getting high on Delta Eight. So I mean, listen, everyone's got to do their part. So Stevie leaves the room. He's upset, but fuck you, Stevie. You know you kind of did this to yourself. You dumb shit. Um, so, uh, but then Playboy sees him leave. Playboy walks in and she's laying in the bed. She looks up at Playboy and Playboy says, fuck it. And he starts disrobing and she looks like she's okay with that. Um, then we see the Free blonde love, dude. Matt. Yeah. And then we see the blonde dude in Ilana are boning. I put it, da- he, he's date raping her because I still just don't know what's going on at this point. But I don't know if everything's cricket or not. Um, yeah, this is extremely uh, uncomfortable unless this is 100% but she, guaranteed to be how they play. She is not, like, passed out while he's doing it. She is enthusiastically taking part in it. So that makes you think, is it not the date rape jug? Is it just, like, I don't know, like, fucking ecstasy or something? And he's just, you know, that's that's kind of shit she's into. Uh, maybe they're also implying that Spanish Fly is real and this fuckhole has a formula yeah, of it or something. something. Which is also, if you're giving someone uh, an aphrodisiac in order to get them turned on enough to have sex with them, that is still wrong. That's not really yeah. consent. Unless they ask you to do it. <laughs> Again, if they ask you to do it, then fine. Okay, you... You guys are doing your own thing. Yeah, I can see a scenario where someone would willingly take a something to make them hornier and readier to go. Yeah, yeah, like, hey, maybe this is going to feel good or something. I don't know, people, all right? I'm fucking, I'm barely literate, all right? So I don't know what anybody wants from me. (laughs) (laughs) Quite literally, because you don't even bother to ask. Yeah, yeah, I just fucking, you know what? I just try not to bother anybody, all right? I just, I keep to myself... I'm not trying to get involved in anybody's fucking shit. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> and whatever you do, wash your fucking hands. And whatever you do, wash your fucking hands. That's a fact. <laughs> Just wash your hands afterwards. Keep me out of this. Um. So, uh. Anyway, then we cut to Playboy and uh 
blonde haired lady. They have uh, just gotten done uh, doing the deed, but they're still both in the mood. And uh, this uh, this uh, this gets a little weird. Uh, he um, goes up to a candle. Uh, and she seems very excited about this. Uh, he goes up to a candle and he. Uh, well, geez, what what am I what am I trying to do here, Court? He uh, he forms it into the like it's like a penis. Uh, and then he um, she she gets up on the bed on all fours. Uh, and I I believe he 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 bones her with a candle. Uh, yeah, I think that may be what they were implying. Uh, that and she enthusiastically gets up on all fours. She is excited for this. <laughs> so apparently, this is something that she's into. She likes to have a yeah. lit candle formed into the shape of a penis and inserted into her. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not king shaming no one. I just think owie, right? I mean, that's just... Well, yeah, like the hot wax painful. and everything being dumped inside and, and all of that. But, like, I I took it as a symbolic kind of thing. I didn't take it as that that's what they were literally doing because, like, my brain wasn't processing how she was going to get all that hot wax out of her cooch after it dumped in there whenever yeah. he went to shove that in. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, but maybe that's the point. Maybe that's what she likes. Maybe that's... I, yeah, maybe, I mean... Yeah. I... Do, <laughs> I Man, I, I'm just not sure. All, like, at one point I thought, well, maybe he's just going to go ahead and put, like, like the stuff, like, wax on her. You know, put a hot wax on her. You know, there are plenty of people like having that done. <laughs> and, but then she got up on all that fours. That William Defoe had that her. happen to him in a Madonna movie once. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, um, but then she she got on all fours. And I'm like, um, wait a tick. What? <laughs> What are we doing around here? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. I, I have no idea what that was supposed to symbolize. It happens so quick. It goes away so quickly that like they're implying that either he inserted that candle into her while it was still lit or that yeah. they have another type of game where he dumps hot wax out of a candle that is shaped like a penis and she gets yeah. off on that. I, I don't know. Whatever weird, wonderful pleasure that they have going on. It was all consensual as far as I could tell and enthusiastically so. So yeah. more power to them. Just again, wash your hands when you're done. And then also, um, you know, make sure you get proper aftercare because you don't want to promote yeah. infection with whatever it is you're doing. That's, that's a fact. You know, that's a good health tip. Thank you, Court. Good job. Jesus Christ. Uh, then we cut back it's to... Weird, it's weird that lit fucking dildo candle is actually the most healthiest consensual sex in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, is that a name of a band? Uh, so <laughs> lit candle dildo. Yeah. No, it's like, maybe it's like their number one single of the band. Yeah. It's like a shoegazers, like fucking title for their like EP. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, anyway, we cut back to Elena having some, uh, some consensual sex. I think I'm still not really, I don't know. Um, and uh, I, the the more the more this happens, the more I'm starting to get freaked out by it. It goes on long enough that you're starting to wonder if like whatever it was that she could have been dosed with may have worn off by now, and they're still going. Yeah. Well, now we see it's three in the morning, and the door opens to the other blonde's room. She's now alone. Playboy's gone. Uh she is uh very scared, and we see a knife get plunged right into her chest, and she's killed. Fucking right brutal after- stabbing. In yeah. This. Uh, yeah. I mean fucking you see it all man it goes in and all that shit um <laughs> uh wait are we talking porn here no 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 we're talking about a knife in a in a chest uh, right same thing same same no it's not same same motherfucker <laughs> what are you doing around? get out of here <laughs> so anyway um so everyone's just kind of like oh shit you know this is uh not good 
uh, this is a bad thing to have happen. Right after the stabbing, uh, her eyeballs get cut out. And it's ocular penetration. This is That's, grotesque uh, to the point where I almost texted you a trigger warning. Yeah, I wish you wish you would have it triggered. Uh, I, it was pretty bad. I thought it was like I was like, man, this is almost fake enough. I think he might be okay. Um, <laughs> seriously, like nope, that's what I was thinking. I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bro. And next time uh, when I know for sure that there's ocular penetration, I will give you trigger warnings. I'm sorry. That that will help me. Thank you. Uh, that was yeah. That was some hardcore shit though. That uh, that. That was uh, that was there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought that, like you know, you had uh, you, you'd gotten desensitized enough that you would be okay, or I would have given you a warning. But yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was definitely pretty grotesque. It was pretty intense, and I can see where it would definitely be disconcerting for a lot of folks. Um, yeah, it felt like it was fucking real. Like it it looked like they were actually scooping an eyeball out for the most part. But there's a couple spots where the actual it's a real eye. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it's definitely a real oh. eye, and they matched up the coding for the real eye to where it looks really, really good until you actually watch it being scooped out, which they were counting on most people to look away. But once it's actually uh, being scooped out, the what's supposed to be the skull material underneath is very clearly not human skull, and there's not other musculature or anything like that left behind. It's just this like empty sort of socket thing that's I left behind you. that looks kind of like a clay or you know what, what would be necessarily a skull, but there's no musculature, there's no additional blood welling up or anything like that, which even a corpse would definitely do. So it was definitely not real, but what you saw was a dismembered fucking eye, which is still gross, and that's why I thought you wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> but you're you're right. There is an, an there's an initial puncturing of fake flesh that looks extremely real, and I can totally see where that is. Yeah, it was you. it was it was pretty hardcore uh, for me. Um, so anyway, uh, the killer gets done. It comes out of the killer comes out of the room. Well, there's dad rolling down the hallway. Dad sees, and this is the point where. Dad has a pretty massive heart attack, and then that ends that 20 minutes. I would believe that anyone would have a massive heart attack were they to have any kind of a health condition of some sort, were they yeah. to happen upon such a grisly murder scene. Yeah, and a person holding a bag of two eyeballs. Yeah, that'd bother me a little. <laughs> I might have a bit of a problem with that. Right. Like, if you had a heart condition that was on the rise, I could see where that would be the threshold that it would take yeah. like, to knock that kicker out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, ooh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just... Well, okay, we, uh, uh, we've gotten into it as we were going because all the major por impertinent stuff, but we're starting to see that like there's some really hinky, kinky uh, shit going on. The kinky shit is okay because for the most part, it seems like it's consensual as far as we can tell. Or at least the kinkiest yeah. shit is okay because that was definitely consensual. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely all right. Yeah. Uh, but like this is just the very first night and it's a very hedonistic crew we've already seen and we know from past experience with slasher films and then some of the other giallos that we've seen that kids that are this adventurous and out for a good time and hedonistic and just seeking pleasure which they very clearly are and for as much as we can tell uh consensually so all around it seems it yeah. seems uh there's some relationship makeup breakup stuff that is going to start creating another red herring because that guy got dumped for basically having sex in front of everybody else and not wanting to keep the relationship a secret anymore so yeah. she dumps him for that and now she has sex with another guy which makes me wonder if like 
they were ever really a couple and she's just been seeing everybody, you know, which is as long as everybody's like, okay with that. They all know that that's what's going on. Poly it up. People go for it. I don't yeah, fucking as care. Long, as long as people are well aware of what's happening, I, you know, what are, you know, it's none of our fucking business. Right. But <laughs> it seems to me that in this case that uh, the guy that comes sneaking after knows about the other relationship, but is, you know, waiting yeah. for him to be gone. And the guy that is coming in and is supposed to be the secret relationship is definitely wanting more of a relationship from this person, which she is unwilling to give. And yeah, um, I see his point about having sex with her in front of everybody else was like the best fucking cover. But also, I think he specifically did that to hurt her. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I don't even know to hurt her. Uh, he might also have just been uh, stupidly drunk and wanted to get his rocks off <laughs> in front of everybody. Yeah, that, that's possible, yeah. too. Uh, and it's really, really hard to tell what's going on with these kids because they are quite hedonistic, which more power to them. Let them let them have fun. But like they all seem to have these varying degrees of boundaries and like what they define as betrayal. And so yeah. that's the part that's the most like confusing to negotiate and navigate is through the morality of the characters, because it seems like it's in flux as well. And that uh -huh. makes it much more interesting murder mystery because like the guy that just got shunned and sent away ordinarily in a murder mystery type flip where this is like a romance that they're supposed to be having a spurned lover is definitely motive. Um, be definitely being a uh, judgmental of someone else's uh, sexual proclivities also is <laughs> yet again um you know is is motive i would say possibly for for the murder that took place but yeah. we don't know that yet we don't know what's really going on other than this murder was absolutely horrific and extremely brutal and the film is still trying to point to the poor kid doing the taxidermy and the seller having to do because of the eyes yeah of course yeah and let's move on all right next 20 uh well cops are taking pics um, they are of the body, and they they question the blonde dude, uh, the main inspector about they know that he had sex from his underwear. Um, they then question Playboy uh about his whereabouts throughout the house that night. They question the other lady who Steve had pretty much sex with during raids about her fingerprints being on the body, but she said she because she poked her friend because it was dark in the room to see if she was awake. Um, we see all the while this is happening, we see someone's eyes are watching there. Then question Steve, uh, about the knife work, and he's like, yeah, you know, the person who's working this knife would never know how to work a scalpel. And then question, uh, Hans, the butler, uh, about him and Berta, and where do, do they, you know, where he sleeps in the building, and does he fuck Berta? Then they question Berta, and he's, the inspector says, you're definitely afraid of something. And he, uh, Asks about hands and if they're boning or not, and she says, no, we're not. All this. So then the inspector talks to the doctor. The the local town doctor is supposed to be the drunk, and dad's resting, but he did have a heart attack. Um, he tells an officer no one but the doctor can enter unless he permits it. Uh, he addresses the group of people. Alana's not there. She's still resting. He tells the group that uh, one thing he does know is that they're all hiding something. Probably all different things, but they're definitely all hiding something. So this inspector's pretty decent at his job, apparently. Uh, later, um, 
Playboy, he goes back to the desk, and guess what? He can't find the drugs. So there you go. First mistake, right? Surprising absolutely no one, because he didn't <laughs> yeah. lock it. There's there, <laughs> He very clearly didn't look around before he did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like a, oh, yeah, what a big shock. The drugs are gone. Yeah, yeah, right? What a, I'm so shocked. Um, <laughs> your lack of preparation in trying to secure your very valuable object in any way, shape, or form and placing it in what seems to be a hallway desk, and you're shocked that it's gone. You dumb. Hey, look, it's the consequences of your own actions. Ah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Playboy goes over to Blonde Dude and goes in the room, and he's like, where are they? And he starts roughing them up, and they fight back. They get into a fight all the while the inspector's listening in at the door, and Playboy... He's a pretty good fighter because he beats the shit out of blood haired dude. Then the playboy, he calls the mobsters and they say they want their shit at midnight. Drugs are money. And he's like, I, you don't understand the drugs are missing. Someone took him and they go, I don't give a shit. You better get here by midnight. And then all of a sudden he remembers Steve, good old Steve, telling him about the buried emerald. Well, that night, uh, the playboy goes out there and he's trying to open up the mother's crypt. Uh, he has to hide at one point because a uh, guard's walking around the, the fucking, uh, grounds. Uh, but then, you know, the guard leaves and he goes back to try and open it. Uh, we never see if he finds anything, but he does go to his car and drives away. He drives up, meets the two mobsters, and they say, hey, drugs are money. And he goes, I don't have any money, and the drugs are missing. So they pull out a gun, looks like they're going to kill him, and he fights back. Uh, through the scuffle, he uses one as a human shield, and a mobster kills his own buddy. Uh, then he struggles at that mobster, and uh, the gun goes off, killing that mobster. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, so that mobster's dead. So now all the mobsters are dead. This is and... very Polizia type of uh, yeah. action that's going on here. In the Italian crime films, or Polizia films, or whatever you want to call them, like, so many of them are about them trying to catch drug runners, and drug runners, like, most of them are about drug runners doing things, like, yeah. without the cops really getting involved, even though they're trying to get away from them. But there is also, like, the crime procedural uh, Dirty Harry kind of influence Polizia films. Uh -huh. This is very much like, uh, like a Fulci's contraband style, like, where it's all about the drug runners and the bad shit that they're doing, that they wrapped yeah. around the giallo because it's starting to become the more popular genre and the, over there <laughs> oh okay so well, they're trying uh, to bring somebody in with a little bit of both here i gotcha we've seen so, that before in another giallo we've covered this year uh which one it was the police <laughs> are blundering in the dark which we did i think that one had more elements oh, of the police era and that's why it was called police are blundering in the dark all right uh anyway uh so he piles the, both the bodies in their car, pushes it off a cliff. It's real funny. Uh, the car starts exploding when he's pushing it off the cliff, and then it explodes. Um, you know, and then it finishes burning when it hits the ground. They started the fire a little too early in this uh, in this stunt. So, but uh, it is what it is. Then he drives back, and uh, uh, so there you go. His kind of mob problem is uh, over for right now, at least. <laughs> well, it's not a problem so much as it's now evidence of a crime he's committed. Yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> but hey, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you just got to, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, it's not, it's not a problem in that they're coming to kill him. It's a problem in that they can now be tied to him and their deaths are on his hands. You, you, I mean, you'd hope maybe they can't be tied to him, but, uh, you know, you never know. 
<laughs> right. Uh, you kind of hope maybe the monsters have no ties, and that would uh, that would actually work out better for just about everyone. <laughs> well, you would think that this is a plot line that this film would wantonly abandon at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would think, but it it's not going to. Uh, it's it's going after everything. <laughs> Much to our uh, surprise as viewers, yes. So then, uh, the old doctor he's talking to Elena. And he's like, he feels like the dad probably recognized the killer. That's what gave him that shock, you know. And uh, Elena's like, yeah. She goes, I really can't think of anything. He goes, you know, he kind of makes it allude her to that she does drugs. And because she's even like, you know, you stay out of my business or else I'll hide, I'll hide all your whiskey. And he's like, I don't, I love my whiskey too much. So it's heavily implied that Elena does drugs. For many, for much recreation. I mean, she's well, anyway, a spoiled rich lady, right? So why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, I, I'm not here to fucking argue with how people spend their time, I guess. Uh, Dude, if so, I had anyway. nothing else to worry about, I would constantly be abusing drugs. Currently, I'm just ingesting them on orders for my neurophysiologist. <laughs> don't say I do them. I don't do them. <laughs> I ingest them. Um. So uh, anyway, the detective walks in. And he's talking about drug use, in fact. And he asks her if she uses drugs. And she looks at the doctor who kind of shakes his head. And she goes, no. And he goes, except for last night. And so that's when she goes, somebody must have drugged me. But then she also wants him to stay out of her personal affairs. So, again, this doesn't feel like she was the drugging that happened to her was something she didn't want. Say that again. The drugging that she got is not something that she didn't want. She wanted those drugs, apparently. Right? Yeah, that, that seems like that's that, the conversation that they're having. I I, yeah. I got that, too, where I'm like, oh, well, that was nice of you to put that in their movie to... Yeah, to alleviate that earlier seed. It, it feels like that's something she wanted to have happen. Yeah, apparently she likes to have him randomly dose her in the night, and then when she starts to feel the effects, they're supposed to go off and have sex. It's a yeah. it's an arousal thing, and I think it's like their way to signify like when you start feeling that coming on, then that's when the time is going to happen. Or maybe yeah. that's just maybe she just likes to fuck during the effects of this particular drug. I mean, who doesn't like to have a little herbal enhancement for whatever you know? Um, some well, some people prefer a fermented enhancement, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, whatever you need. Um, then uh, the uh, officer, he's like, you know what? I'll get answers to these questions. He goes, because I can tell you're lying to me. Everyone's lying to me in this house. Everyone has something to hide. He goes, but the one question I really need answered the most, he says, is why is there so much embalming equipment in this house? This guy's like and a if- pissed off Columbo because he doesn't do that. Oh, yeah. uh, just one more thing. Catch a question. Oh, yeah. He fucking leads with it like he's Rocky coming out of the corner swinging. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, not not wrong. Yeah, he likes and to have his suspects on their back feet, like, yeah, like he, backing he, away from them. He's on the offense all the time. All the time. Um, And she cracks and takes him to her little brother in the room. And then the brother has a flashback. He finds mom and the gardener in bed, and the boy is the one. He's killed the gardener, and the mom of, took blame for it. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. 
and we're going to go into our final 30. All right. So there's going to be a lot. Yeah. They're heavily, <laughs> heavily pushing that the little brother is the suspect. The thing yeah. that was angering the police officer is there was a piece that did not fit. That missing piece was the brother and he knew that was the case. Yeah. He knew that the uh, main heiress lady was lying about it. So she was trying to cover up the fact that he was there just to try and give him yeah. some peace. Now, once the detective realized what it was that was going on, he softens around the edges and is actually quite kind. Um, yeah, we'll, we're going to we'll see, see that. He's going to yeah. turn real kind here in a second. But uh, at this point, in like right at this break for the 20 minutes, when he's about to see the kid, I'm thinking, oh my God, this guy's going to be a bumbling cop. He's a fucking idiot. Like, I didn't realize the type of detective that we're dealing with here because usually in giallos you get the police that are blundering in the dark yes exactly i mean that's just it's... that's just how it is but this film this is another thing that makes me think that this is a during the era when the police era was more popular and <laughs> it was trying to grab some of that attention because this film has the police actually doing their job and doing it well in the form of this detective yeah. And it's very much like a Columbo kind of thing where, I mean, he's like the one straight and true uh, guy who's going to get to the truth and wants to make sure that murderers are punished. You know, yes. like that's like his driving vision. And uh, so having him be pointed at the kid, I did start to get that dread. And again, the film subverts my expectations in a way that I found extremely pleasant. And uh, it does this at like almost every turn. The kind of stuff that I'm thinking is going to happen, like I'm like pretty much the, the guy burns the mobsters. You're like, well, that's the last we're going to see them you know yeah, that, right? that's they're yeah. just going to abandon this thread obviously because that's what a giallo would do but this film constantly subverts your expectations of what you would expect to have happen in a giallo especially one that's only an hour and 28 minutes and this final 30 the way that they weave everything else together is actually quite impressive yeah i agree yeah. So let's just yeah, get to everything, it, right? <laughs> this story gets told, yeah, really well. Let's just start with this final 30. They uh they're checking out the brother's room and he's making mark uh the taxidermy around saying it's it's really a work of art. He goes, "Your brother's really talented." And then he kind of gets down into it and he goes, "Did did you take the eyes? Is that what you did?" And then the brother without saying a word, you know, he, so the cop is kind of he's he is accusing him of the crime. But in a much different way than he accused the others of the crimes. He doesn't like you come see at, that this is a boy who is hurting. Yeah, he doesn't come at this particular person swinging. He is actually treating yeah. him as if he is a child because his mind, yes. in his mind, he is a child. So he yeah. is asking him questions as if you would ask a child to get to the truth. And even yeah. if this guy is the killer, which he does sort of suspect because there's a lot of stuff pointing to it, obviously. Yeah. Um, we are just sitting back as viewers knowing that it's never the most obvious red herring. Yeah. Where we, we kind of get to have that a little more, you know. <laughs> right. We, right. And like, I, the, another thing that they really do that subverts my expectation well is, I mean, I'm expecting them to make it to where this kid is responsible for something, obviously, because they always have to do something with someone who is either mentally ill or mentally impaired doing something horrible. That always ends up yeah. in these kinds of films. You know, that's something yeah. that does happen. Again, as we're about to see, the film subverts that expectation quite well, too. Yeah, it really does. It's, uh, um, I'm really, really enjoying this film. So, I mean, you know, it's just, it's so far a good story. I'm intrigued by it. Um, yeah, this is good stuff to me. So let's, uh, let's keep going. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I would stop to let yeah. you go. All right. Um, so anyway, as they're talking, uh, uh, the boy takes him to the, that little 
fucking thing he was, uh, that little shrine he has. He opens up the door and we finally get to see what's inside of it. And it is, uh, it's a pair of eyeballs. So not, uh, not the best thing, uh, you know, for, for everyone involved. Different color uh, though than the victim. Yeah, different color than the other girls. So then all of a sudden we're digging up mom's body. Uh, not really digging up. We're opening up her crypt. And they find that, uh, sure enough, her eyes are gone, but so is her emerald. So now a whole new facet of this is getting, uh, opened up. Uh, so now everyone's like, well, what the fuck is all this about then? <laughs> so anyway, they're talking now, the lead detective and kind of his assistant, they're talking. And the lead detective thinks that the killer has an accomplice, an unwilling, uh, an unknowing accomplice, but an accomplice nonetheless. Somebody who's helping him and they're not quite aware maybe why or even how they're helping him. This is the Columbo uh, vibes, man. This fucking cliffhanger this yeah. guy gives to his mystery is so fucking Columbo. Oh, yeah. And all the while this is happening, we see uh, Playboy's listening in on the inspector talking to his guy. But the inspector kind of feels that there's someone listening into his shit. So, good job, inspector. You know, he's fucking, he's got actual uh, intuition. intuition. Yeah. Yeah, he has intuition. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen any cops in this movie fucking have that cops in general yeah. any kind of proper intuition yeah right jesus christ uh so anyway uh the cops assistant's kind of like no it has to be the kid no one knew he was here and the cops like yeah uh, i think a lot of people knew he was here and you know so a lot of people could be using this kid so right now we're starting to see that the detective doesn't necessarily believe this kid is guilty of really anything. <laughs> yeah, he's basically stating that the kid is some kind of an accomplice, but is an unwilling accomplice and an unwitting one at that as well. He does say all of that. Then he reveals that, yes, he does know that the kid's involved in some way, shape, or form, but he yeah. has a double blind test to be able to do a trap, is essentially yes. what he's doing. Yeah. So, so the detective's going to have the other girl, the kind of the one that Steve was messing around with, He's going to have her uh, stay um, and in the same room and do all the same things her friend did to see if the boy attacks. But she should be scared because the there will be cops and, you know, people will be around. Um, and you're like, okay, well, you know, really? Are you, are you going to be around? Uh, so, um, uh, because, you know, cops don't usually have a great track record here. On the show or just in general? In general, when you when they always say, "Hey, don't worry, we'll protect," specifically in movies, yeah, yeah particularly yeah. on this show, yeah, but also in general, yeah, exactly, uh, totally. Um, so uh, then the two girls they go uh, to give the kid a drink, uh, some ketamine, right? Think so? About. Yeah, yeah, some uh, kind of drug that was supposed to induce like a state. Yes, yeah, yeah, something. Uh, so. At this point, everyone's just kind of like, all right, they're they're setting them up. And uh, uh, so he, uh, they go to the room, they're giving it to him, and he gets up, and then he starts massaging the girl's breasts. And they're th- that's happening uh, all the way until um, 
uh, Hans walks in. He interrupts him, and uh, they leave. Then we go back to two cops are talking how the lead detective has taken them both off duty, and the lead detective is watching two different doors, the girl's door and the dad's door. They're like, I don't know how he's going to do it. And then we see the lady, she's in her room, and the door opens, and she's scared, but it's just Berta. And she brings her something to drink and asks her if she's scared or anything. And she's and we never really get an answer out of that. Then Berta leaves and the detective watches her leave the room. Uh, Berta then goes to her room and she strips down. And what is she wearing? Nothing other than the emerald. Dun, but dun, around dun. her neck. And then Hans walks in. And uh, they bone. They have themselves some set. Uh, then they talk. They're evil as fuck, but also this is kind of hot. So thank you, movie. <laughs> And Hans talks and says, look at the stupid, he says that the kid's stupid and he went ahead and killed people and now they're going to reap all the rewards of him killing people. Uh, so apparently Hans is, they, they didn't kill anybody, they think the kid did. And they're just using the kid as a cover so they could steal the, the jewels. This post-coital info dump is extremely helpful in laying out the details of everything that they've had planned thus far and thus showing that they clip. are the murderers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's like uh, it's like everything you need to know about all their nefarious shit. Like they're monologuing like they have Mr. Bond trapped with a laser going up between his legs. Yeah, right. Um, then they're like, when she goes in, we separate and we, you know, we get out of here, split the loot. And she goes, we go our separate just like we agreed. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we're done. Uh, you won't never see me. I won't ever see you. Hans does say he worries about the old doctor though. Uh, that's the only thing he worries about. Um, but then after all that, later on that night, uh, Hans actually visits Leonardo, the boy, and he beats him a bit. Uh, and uh, then we cut to outside we see that old doctor he's walking around then Hans says that he will uh Hans says that the boy will spend the rest of his days in an asylum while Hans is can be free of this place so Hans is a he, he's a bit of a dick yeah that's uh, fucking scummy to use the kid in such a way yeah so he should uh he should just die uh <laughs> so um then he leaves uh the boy right before the doctor shows up. And the doc he checks on the boy, tells the boy that Hans is an asshole. You know, always be safe around him. And then he starts uh he told him that before his mother died, he made a a promise to her that he would cure uh, the boy. And he says he will get better, and as he injects him, he tells the boy to sleep, uh to sleep, and he goes, "We both know who the killer is, but we have to keep it a secret." So the he the boy looks like he falls asleep. The doc leaves, and the boy actually wakes up, like he not affected at all. Um, and uh, oh, we also find out the old doc is teaching him how to embalm things. So he's also he's the one giving him lessons on all the embalming and stuff. Um, so um, as the doc is leaving, he's walking around outside. Someone's following him, and that person turns out to stab the doc in the stomach and throws him off a cliff, killing him. So. Uh, See you later, Doc. Uh, <laughs> we hardly knew you, Doc. Yeah. Uh, we see the kid. He's kind of walking around uh, the house on his own. We see it's 3 a.m., the same time as when the murder happened the time before. Hans is sleeping. Uh, we see a killer walk into his room, cut his throat, and cut his eyeballs out. Bye, Hans. You're a piece of shit, and I'm glad you're dead. You got what you and deserved. I'm glad it was painful. Yeah, you got what, yeah, I, hope, I, hope, I hope it was painful, and, and I hope you cried. You piece of shit. <laughs> I promise shit was leaking out of his eyes as they were being cut out. Yay. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, we see then dad starts rolling out of his room and the killer starts following uh, uh, the old dad there. 
And you start to feel like, oh shit, dad, what's going to happen? And right as the killer looks like they're about to take it, uh, dad does a judo flip. It flips the killer down the stairs. Uh, there's, a, kinda... there's a stab through the back of the uh, chair. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. there, there is a stab into oh, the wheelchair. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. There is a stab through the back of a chair, but doesn't, you know, it apparently doesn't affect dad. Flips the killer down the stairs, and you're like, holy shit, how the fuck did that happen? And then you see that the... Uh, the dad is actually the detective in the chair. Then we see the boy come behind the detective. So the killer wasn't the boy. You look down the stairs, and it's Berta who's the killer. And we see the detective had a nice little plate in his back, and that's why he is alive. It looked like a silver so, serving tray that he just kind of sat yeah. there. Yeah, so he pretended to be the dad who was going to be the next intended victim. She yes. was going to murder everybody and just take off with all the money, right? Probably. That's uh, that's as best as I could think. Um, so anyway, the next day, um, uh, the the emerald's been returned to uh, uh, our heroine's mom and uh, the, to the gravesite. Everyone should be a little better off. Uh, everyone's thinking about leaving, but the cop says, "Hey, to pretty boy, to uh, to uh, yeah, playboy and uh, his blonde friend that." Uh, they found the two dead mobsters. They were able to trace it back to him. Uh, we're going to have one of a talk with you, with both of you. And so they have to go away uh, and roll credits. Holy fucking shit, movie. Yeah, that's a fucking lot. I did like at the very end, the guys were like, is this going to take very long? He goes, yeah. And he goes, I guess I got to cancel my trip to the French Riviera. Like... Dude, you know you're probably going away from murder, right? I'm just... <laughs> I think that they were trying to make it, like, um, kind of funny. And I think yeah. it was, like, him basically trying to tell the cop, like, I know you got nothing on me. You just think you got oh, something yeah. on me. And then, like, the cop's trying to tell him, like, no, buddy, you're fucked. Yeah, you're you're definitely fucked, big shoots. Right, but they're doing... But then he goes, then he says, it'll always be... It'll still be there is what he says. Yeah, basically saying, like, no, you're going to be gone for a while. You're going up for a while, but it'll all still yeah. be there when you get out. Yeah, but all right. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting uh, fucking movie. It's really cool. And I like that they did that fucking thread where uh, it still comes back, even though it felt like they were doing it as almost like a comedy thing. Where it's like, yeah, oh, by the but- way, pal, you thought you were getting away with it. And that's where I'm totally like, yeah, this is a Poliziero film because this is the kind of thing that a Poliziero film would do. Yeah, I mean, it, it tied up all the loose ends, so... <laughs> right, and, uh, the you know, the cops actually solved the case. Um, yeah. The guilty are actually being punished and were found out. Uh, yep. It's very much Columbo, the way that that detective works and makes you root for him, because, like, he's ignoring a bunch of other shit that he knows is going on that yeah. was bad. All he cared about was murder. Yeah, murder. That's all he cared about, and, ca- and capturing the murders and... And trying to get justice for the dead. <laughs> yeah, but mostly trying to save those that were still alive because it was looking bad, all the people that were dying on their watch. Yeah, that's that's also true. <laughs> but uh, I'm... I like this. I like this movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was shot excellently. There was a lot of great sequences where they were trying to recreate the feeling of being fucked up or on drugs, like those freak out moments, which I can totally see where you're thinking like 1960s because there's very psychedelic, trippy, weird things going on with this. But that's just Jallo, man. They just they're all trippy like that. Um, And it is kind of a holdover from that psychedelic era. Absolutely. Uh, This one dips real heavy into psychedelia and weird things, but it's just because those kids kids are on all that whacked out far out stuff man yeah it's true 
They're all just whacked out, man. <laughs> there is, you, took the, you took the wrong thing, man. Like looking at the drugs that these people are just wantonly consuming was yeah was really enervating for me in that I can't afford them myself. Yeah, right. I'm like, uh, when do I get those drugs? <laughs> <laughs> When's it gonna be my time? Fuck, Lord, it- when? When, when, when? <laughs> when is it a chance for your servant to afford the good drugs? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I say Be to you, cool. Crumb, I pray to you. I ask for the good drugs. You tell me yeah. no. And the hell with you. <laughs> I do it myself. I get the good drugs for me. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a night. <laughs> you know what, though? As frantic and weird and as psychedelic and trippy as this fucking movie is, I think we did the perfect review that it needs. Uh- I think so. Just, I liked it. And then, by the way, I liked the movie. Yeah, no. By the way, I'm, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not dissing on it at all. We talked about the things that we had issue with, but I would say yeah. that for it being a film made in Europe in 1977, uh, yeah. it's still not the rapiest giallo I've ever seen, although it's one no, of the more not, a, ones. not even a little. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen worse than you. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. For rapey, that's for sure. So uh, as far as giallos, anyway. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, it, you know, like I, I think if as long as you're not someone who has an issue with subtitles, because there's a lot of heavy dialogue. There was a couple of moments I had to back up because I was missing some of the things yeah. that they were saying. But it, I did too, like especially doing notes on this one, right. and, and and like sometimes doing notes on, um, uh, uh, you know, for something like that is not so bad for doing it when it when it's when it's uh, uh, fucking subtitled. But this was a lot of fucking info you needed. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's really rich dialogue, very densely yeah. written, and they're talking right up on top of each other. And yeah, and I mean, like, it's very, very, actually very natural sounding dialogue, and it feels very natural, like you're actually just listening to them, but you don't understand what they're saying. Someone's translating it for you later, a la subtitles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it feels very realistic, the conversations that they're having, and they are very frantic, and it's very hard to follow, yeah. and I had to rewind it a few times. And, like, if you're not prepared to do that kind of work, then you probably won't enjoy this film. But no. if you are prepared to do to put in that kind of work, the film definitely rewards you, because, like, even the humor that's in this the moments that they have that are supposed to be funny especially like Italian humor for it to hold up and cross over like it does Uh, this film was another kind of surprising thing for me in this specific film like the actual comedy bits that they were doing were the callback where the guy's like you're fucked and they're like kind of joking with each other and it's like kind of this back and forth between criminal and police officer where they're shorthanding what they're saying but not actually saying what they're saying I, I really enjoyed that I thought that was actually pretty clever and humorous yeah, I did too. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought everything went really well. So, um I liked this officer. I think a lot of times you get uh a lot of uh people to um I I think a lot of times you're getting a lot of people who are like, "Oh, you know, hey, uh you you know, we should have a Columbo type guy cuz Columbo got so famous." Uh but uh or that kind of daft a police officer but this time we got this officer who's like this detective who knows exactly how he wants to question people and he's kind of a real jerk about it and yet but he's being a jerk about the right reason so you kind of like it he's got a very serious like 
um, Perot, uh, Agatha Christie style detective um, manner, like when he puts his people on the back foot and like just goes at them, because that's very much Perot and Agatha Christie's investigators, mm-hmm. what they like to do. But his mannerisms and the way that he does it is very much like Columbo, where it's where he's like, he's just really interested and fascinating in what you have to say. And he just refuses to not have you answer. So he's constantly yeah. in their face and he's doing that, that Perot like interrogation and like really abrasively, but in this very soft velvety gloved kind like, like like it's the iron hand, but he's got the velvet glove of like the Columbo delivery in the way that they do it. And if they yeah. if they intentionally mixed it that way, then that's fucking brilliant because it's perfect and he delivers that wonderfully. But that's what the sense that I was getting from that performance of like what I was kind of trying to piece it together because he's very unique. I've not seen uh, a lot of detectives that do that where he's like he's very abrasive and very forward, but he also apologizes for it immediately and uses the fact that you're off kilter to pump more information out of you and he's really good at what he does yeah that's true jesus christ really awesome too i love it (laughs) yeah like he's like he's kind of the star of the movie and it's like i want to watch it again specifically just to kind of watch that technique because i love a murder mystery too and this actually really gives you serious murder mystery and uh an apt detective that will solve it and figure it out yeah i mean big time i loved it <laughs> I did too as well, man. And uh fuck, we're so fucking close, man. Maybe we can do a quick short news story just for the folks and then also so I can bring in some more music for the Patreon yeah, uh, Pirate Radio edit. Well, you'll get some time because right now I'm gonna play Stray Cats with Baby Blue Eyes. <laughs> Baby Blue Eyes sounds a hell of a lot more threatening after talking and discussing about a a movie that involves a lot of ocular penetration and damage. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. (laughs) These are facts. I'm a bit sadistic in what I do to my co-host, Matt. I I truly accept that fact. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're an asshole. Yes, but I am an asshole that needs some psyop news. Founder of ex-gay group confesses to having multiple hookups with men. There's a shock. Oh, he's looking for <laughs> Wang. The founder of an ex-gay group has confessed to having multiple sexual encounters with men since 2020. It's going to cost Jer- you some serious cock. Jeffrey McCall, who formed Freedom March that holds ex-gay rallies where they claim the grace and power of Jesus Christ can free LGBT uh, people, made the confession on his Facebook page on November 6th. 
He states, in 2020, he met someone that he was trying to help, which led to him being unfaithful to Jesus and giving his heart away. I'm a homosexual. And he's in denial about it. <laughs> yeah. After denied what he wanted with him, he then went on to fall sexually with uh, a man. Everyone will be when, coming on my face. When he felt wounded and lonely. This led to multiple falls with men over time. Oh, tears are Listen, loose. this was a quote I really had to switch around or else you were going to have nothing but fucking clips. But fucking the next clips? Fucking year. What? <laughs> you were just going to have clips for like the next like 10 years. <laughs> uh, Truth Wins Out, an organization dedicated to fighting the anti-gay movement, called McCall a hypocritical fraud and demanded that Freedom March be permanently shut down, according to Metro Weekly. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. McCall said that he had lived as a gay male sex worker and then as a transgendered woman named Scarlett before renouncing his sexuality and gender identity and founding Freedom March, as Metro Weekly reported. Whoa, 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 whoa. The same person who founded this organization that has now left it and has admitted that they are gay was also trans or yeah and they were they were living under a different identity for a while and then came back to their initial identity and now they're living under their initial identity as a gay man not quite he's still saying that he's going to he has to break free of it oh okay so he's still in denial He he's saying like it, it's almost like an alcoholic who goes oh I just had a relapse I have to go back to fucking I don't know the to AA so he has to go back to whatever that is for him he had a moment of weakness where he wasn't trying to deny who he truly is inside yes yeah yeah so I mean I guess what I'm trying to say is fuck this guy um uh he claimed after the sexual encounters he had grown so much spiritually and that moving on made his relationship with the Lord even stronger. So you can see he's saying he's moving on. Uh, it's people of quarter saying Jeffrey Call is a self-serving con artist who runs a fraudulent organization that preys on vulnerable and desperate LGBTQ people who grow up in religious homes. Truth wins out executive director Wayne Benson said, according to the Metro Weekly. Benson added, I, it seems that the real message of the Freedom March is that the copious amounts of closeted gay sex are okay, as long as you feel bad about it and pray after each encounter. This is a tragic, pathological, toxic group that spews dangerous lies into our society. God so, doesn't see when you do anal. You know, I don't know if that's true anymore. Uh, I, I, but I just don't know. <laughs> Pull out uh, and further degrade her by coming on her. <laughs> yeah, this shit. guy... Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Yeah, this just doesn't seem like a good time. Okay. There's a certain part of me where this person who is supposed to be the founder who actually be in denial and want to pretend like they're not who they truly are inside. There is a part of me that will have some sympathy and will feel sad for them. Mm-hmm. But it appears as though this is, in fact, a ring operation for conversion therapy and a bullshit oh, one yeah. at that that is just there to fleece the kids and their parents out of money. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's these are truth facts. You're spitting a lot of truth facts. That's just but yeah. that's really disgusting. And it's like you said earlier, when we were like miserably failing to find any fucking psyop news. Yeah. This is exactly what we're talking about, because it's there's nothing fucking funny anymore. No, like, there's nothing funny anymore. Everything's just fucking sad. <laughs> We're going to have to work harder to find the funny, man. I guess, man. I Is there anybody, I don't know, anybody trying to, like, a fucking, I don't know, hide dildos or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, the, the funny's out there. We just, we have to work harder to find it and we have to rely a little less on the search functions of a fucking social media platform that blows and is badly written on purpose. Yeah. All right. Still, fuck, Jesus. I know it stings a bit, <laughs> but it's honest and it's both our fault. So let's just fucking yeah. end it for everybody. Let's do that. Let's end the pain. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. blind love and the only eyes for you and I'm immediately regretting my life choices and picking the flamingos I only have eyes for you <laughs> I think it's just only have eyes for you but I always say I only have eyes for you so yeah I don't know yeah people know the fucking song most people know whether or not they want to believe the title is I only have eyes for you or only have eyes for you but whatever if you'd like to find other instances where I may or may not have misread the title or missaid the title of the song that I am currently playing you can find all the previous 333 instances of that occurring. Legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. Man, that's really hard to say in one breath. That is, that's a lot of shit right there, man. Good job. <laughs> One of the other locations with which we try to bring joy to you upon the internet is in our Instagram feed for cinema underscore psyops, and that's the royal we because I run that. That's where all of our memes are currently reposited, and by our memes, I mean ours. It belongs to all of us. Reshare them. Take them out of there. I don't fucking care. I stole them too. Thanks. 
Thanks for the memes, comrades. <laughs> yes, everyone, share your memes with everyone else around, and let's just make the internet fun for the sake of being fun, and not worry about whether or not it's fungible. The fuck does that even mean? <laughs> just look into NFTs and then laugh at some fuckers. All right, there you go. <laughs> well, if you'd like to libertarianly over-explain to me exactly why I'm wrong about NFTs and Bitcoins with all the jokes that I've been making, you can twit those tweets at me like the twat you are, at court underscore psyop on the Twitter. That's so fucking dumb. <laughs> Somebody mansplaining to you why you're wrong about that. <laughs> so now I just got this vision of you opening up a fucking email. <laughs> Oh, and that of actually happening? Just just like five paragraphs of nonsensical horseshit about NFTs being important. <laughs> well, what I'm really worried about is a Twitter thread, because I just told them to do that on Twitter, and I'm totally getting a thread my way. At, oh, at fuck. You're going to get added like a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to get ratioed hardcore from here on out for fucking coming at NFTs like I give a I'm- fuck about them. <laughs> How dare you come at NFTs? <laughs> One of the places where you definitely won't see me come at MFTs, and by definitely won't, I mean you will, is our group Cinema PsyOps on Facebook, where I'm also available as Court PsyOps. And if you would like to write me your dissertation that Matt has envisioned and send it to me via the old-fashioned email style, I'm CinemaPsyOpsCourt at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, while you're out there typing up said dissertation, get the fuck out of here with that shit and kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Sorry about that, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm recording on my side. One, two, three. I was ready about, oh, about 30 minutes ago, but then my dad called. <laughs> well, I kind of figured that you would have, because you got a guest coming in from out of town that's staying with you yeah. and everything. And like, I was like, I know that you'd probably have to get them set up. You'd have to do all the meeting, greeting and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I knew you were going to be late tonight. Yeah, we had, we had dinner and stuff. And then, yeah, and then I had something for work I had to finish. And I was finishing that up. And then I was pretty well ready to go. And then, yeah, but then my dad called me. Well, you got off your phone with your dad actually relatively quick then, if that was the case. Yeah, with 30 minutes? Yeah, that was fast. (laughs) Comparatively. (laughs) I talked with my old man. I'm surprised Red Right Hand wasn't something you did. Um, Just saying. Uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah, it seems a little bit obvious.
Yeah. Um, Considering that there's a lot of eye gouging in this, and all my stuff is about eyes, and I'm calling it all. I mean, I suppose, yeah, you know what? It, it makes sense. I thought that when I saw the bloody hand, the first thing I thought is, he's going to play red right hand. And then after the first eye gouging, I was like, yeah, he's probably not. The only time I'm going to use red right hand is when we're doing Hellboy, because it's perfect for uh, Hellboy, and that's it. That would That is very true. That Possibly very true. scream, but like, I'm going to have to, yeah. there's going to, somebody's going to have to pay me to do the scream series. I mean, isn't that going to be one of my, like, rewards if I do something good or get through some shit as we're going to do Scream? <laughs> I guess if you want to make it that, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's, it's no easy way of getting you to do Scream unless somebody requests it. Yeah, I don't really hate it. never have to do it. a full just... franchise fest of it. Right, that's the thing is, I don't want to do all of that. Fuck that. That's <laughs> too like, much you work. You wouldn't mind doing the first one, but because you have this OCD shit, you have to do all of them if you're going to do the first one. You can't just enjoy the first one for what it is. <laughs> Not on this show, no, but let's do the review of this <laughs> yeah, movie yeah, that we're yeah. talking right, about. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Question for like, you. All right. When when the attack yeah. happened, did you actually think that it was the daughter that got attacked at first? No, I thought it was the dad. No, no, the mm, never mind. At the very beginning? Never mind. We're not there to the part that I'm talking not, about. So oh, never mind. Okay. I'm jumping ahead. I just you're, you're, you're fucking killing me here, small. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. heart attack yet. He's fine right now. Oh. He had a small fright. I was ordering drugs online with Bitcoin. Summary, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, get me in on some of that, all right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, where are you mining Bitcoin at, you motherfucker? Just uh, um, what's at me your order, and if I have some <laughs> extra, I'll invoice you. Sweet. Uh, so anyway... Um, now that we've done a deal uh, on fucking a podcast, this is just brilliant. Um, <laughs> yes, like we're actually being serious. <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm fucking around. <laughs> I just laugh. Like, all right, we're definitely just the best, right? <laughs> we are totally not regurgitating language that we've heard on movies and yeah, TV. by others. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I watched NCIS once. Once. All that gib slapping shit, I can't fucking do it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that would seem a bit... That's a fucking trigger know. from you, my man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be a bit off-putting for just about anybody. Um, that that shit could only fly in a TV show. If that somebody did that in real life, they'd get an ass whooping. Okay, 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 okay. Come on, come on. All right. In my defense, I was also getting high on Delta 8, so... I mean, listen, everyone's got to do their part. <laughs> yeah, when you buy your drugs with Bitcoin, everybody's got to do their part. Everyone, you listen, you're wasting Bitcoin if you're not gonna, if you're going to buy the drugs. You might as well start fucking doing them. Don't know, I don't... Just That's just me. By the way, don't, what I don't, don't fucking buy illegal things with Bitcoin, because there's a blockchain yeah. that will follow you, and you don't... Don't, yeah. just fucking don't, okay? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it either. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't... That doesn't sound like that tracks. So, um... Anyway, uh... <laughs> Fucking Jesus. <laughs> where, where the fuck were we? We've seen so, that before in another Jello we've covered this year. Uh, which one? Oh, I knew you were going to make me fucking try and remember the title. <laughs> um, oh, God damn it. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'll have to go back to nah, our list right. and I'll get back to you. It was the police are blundering in the dark, which we did. I think that one had more elements oh, of the police era, and that's why it was called police are blundering in the dark. So yeah. I don't know why I couldn't remember the title about the police, because they are blundering. Always. And usually in the dark. Often. Um, often. Also, Mom's corpse was banging. Mom's corpse. Oh, oh, court. No. Come on, man. I am what? who I am, man. <laughs> I am who I am. Deal with it. <laughs> I could have said the heart wants what the heart wants. That would have grossed you out more. Oh, God. Yeah, that would have been 
that would have been bad. Uh, let's just not do that. Um, so, anywho, <laughs> now, uh, oh, fuck, I know I lost. Necrophilia tends to do that to you. Yeah, it really does. Uh, also, the heart does want what the heart does want. You're an asshole. Yes, but I am an asshole that needs some psyop news. <laughs> All right. Oh, that transition was bad. I could have set you up. That was real bad. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Everyone will be no. coming on my face. Oh, I, please don't. Mostly because <laughs> I put my penis inside of you bareback. I mean, that is how you get babies, by the way. Don't threaten to cut off my cock for $60. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe you would pay that. <laughs> no, I believe that threat was like, if you don't pay me the money, you owe me the $60. Oh, 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 so don't threaten to cut off your penis over $60? Yeah, I think that's what that news story was from, yeah. Oh, okay. Cause because of this. It's because of this clip that I think that. My dick and balls are worth a lot more than sixty dollars. That I mean, you think it are, but they probably are. <laughs> I know those two are related because it's the same story, so that's why I yeah. think it's over sixty dollars that a cock and balls were a threat. Oh my god, this is the dumbest fucking thing. I really fucking hate Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it gives your phone cancer every time you open it up. I know, it really does. Hold on a second. <laughs> Right? I'm going to kick shame you for the stabbing fetish, okay? I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> You're really upset at that. <laughs> I was, all right? I was. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the drug taste is just going to ruin the taste of man meat. <laughs> <laughs> the baby gets stabbed Whoa. and I come like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my good Jesus Christ. <laughs> that one's pretty awful, isn't it? That was. That was, uh, that's, that's something else, man. <laughs> All blowjobs should be teethy. <laughs> That's a classic. I gotta move that to All an easier to hit. All blowjobs should be teethy. That, that is the... Nothing yet? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, they're lesbian vampires. Why would they want to put their teeth in man meat? I mean, that is a fact. <laughs> hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. Jesus. I'm never going to live that one down. Uh... <laughs> or this one. So we're going to be pushing the Christian agenda right down your fucking throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's... That one's always going to be alive as well. And this one. Pray to God, that's what assholes do. <laughs> that's also true, if yes. Pray, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we're really against uh, prayer. That's like four in a row I could find. The, Jesus Christ. Uh, Just quickly becoming a PSYOP news fail. This is a, a heavy fail because I had one. Pull it and then... just to pull it. You are still there, right? Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I'm not finding shit now, too, either. Yeah, see? Like, the two things you sent to me are fucking gone now all of a sudden. Yeah, they're not showing up for me either, which is weird. Ugh, hold on. I may have another way of doing this. Yeah, the only one that there's, like, the prosthetic leg one, and then, like, the ones that we've already done are there. That's all that's showing up. Yeah. Uh, see here. Yeah, I, I like I mentioned you in comments, and those have just completely disappeared on you, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, man, I can't even find like funny news stories now. Everything's like has a sad undertone that is so far out there. Ugh, fuck. Let's see here. I, I, I fucking no. There's nothing. Ugh. I'm gonna have to start fucking pinning them up to the announcements again or something in the future. Because yeah, they disappear yeah. otherwise, don't they? Yeah, they really do. <laughs> fuck it. It's been long enough. <laughs> Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I mean, I'd always go with this one.
while you're out there typing up said dissertation, get the fuck out of here with that shit and kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even give you anything good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're fucking wiped. I'm wiped out, man. I'm gone. Dear sir, I feel that your feelings towards NFT are extremely How unfair. dare you? I'll tell you why NFTs are so fucking important to our future of our economy. They're unfungible. <laughs> Oh, fucking horseshit. Are you still recording? <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. Hold on. <laughs> and now I'm done recording, so the show's over.